Filmmaker's Cookbook, a podcast where we turn your favorite films into recipes, helping you expand your cinematic diets. Hosted by me, Michelangelo. <laughs> you never had to do it. Yeah, I guess <laughs> Second. So. I was trying to think of something witty to say. I know. But I couldn't. It always uh, catches you off guard. Yeah. And me, Charles Howley. And uh, this is part two of a two episode series where we're going into our own <laughs> favorite films. Uh, and making recipes out of them. The same thing we ask our guests to do each week. Yeah. And we have uh, stayed on Earth for your episode. Mm-hmm. We uh, you know, saw a future that was dark and bleak. And human society was almost going to go extinct. Now we're going to go into my movie, which is about a, a world in the future that is dark and bleak. And human society is going to go extinct. And it also, they both star Michael Caine. Yes, yes. He's he's the link between all movies. Yeah, exactly. You probably know what movie this is because maybe the title of this episode will already tell it, say it. Do you want to, you're introducing this one because I'm their guest today, so. Uh, yes, but I was just going to ask you, what film did you bring us today? One of my favorite films is inception <laughs> just kidding is just, just make our editor bad memento <laughs> it's actually prestige yeah or no it's tenet yeah tenet the, the best of the nolan movies yeah no it, it's actually interstellar we must confront the reality that nothing in our solar system can help us now you need to tell me what your plan is to save the world. We're not meant to save the world. We're meant to leave it. And this is the mission we were trained for. I've got kids, Professor. Get out there and save them. of explorers travel through a wormhole in space in an attempt to ensure humanity's survival. It's not a very uh, detailed. Wait, that's the whole thing? That's the whole thing. Oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> it kind of misses a lot of the film, don't you think? Well, now I'm a very like memory-based person, I feel like. And I, I actually have a very clear memory of when I watched the trailer for the first time, watching the film for the first time. So... I what I really liked about the movie initially was when I first watched the trailer, it that was all the information I got, and I liked it so much. Especially this is the first trailer because I think the first trailer didn't really show anything. That's the only one I really watched actually at the time. It was like it only showed like the first ten minutes of the movie with like them on Earth, and it was like oh the sandstorms and the crops won't grow and they're gonna starve, and they need to go off earth to find a new home or find some kind of solution to this problem and that was the whole thing and i remember it was like a countdown and then you kind of like the movie the trailer ended and i was like this is like what is this movie about are they going to space even like because they never even show anyone in space or anything so i was thinking like what's going to happen in this this film is it just going to be all based on earth and then it's like at the end, they're going to be going and leaving or something like what was going to happen. So. Yeah, I don't remember the trailer at all for this movie. I don't remember. I, okay. This movie 
made more of an impact when I watched it in theaters than when I than anything leading up to it. This was the turning point for Nolan for me, where I was like, oh, he really is like a true auteur director. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas before, I was like, oh, he's like a blockbuster director. So, um, what does auteur mean then? I mean, being being the smart one and the, the dumb one in here, can you explain? I, you that? you know what auteur is. You can explain it. I feel like it's more artsy rather than like traditional uh, it blockbuster. Have to be. Like like Spielberg, I would consider him art, uh, an auteur, not because he's particularly artsy or particularly like innovative. Well, actually, he's he's innovative over his breadth of his uh, filmography, but uh his he is an auteur because his specificity of which of the cinematic language that he uses and repeat uses and the themes that he uses in a lot of his work and so uh auteur theory uh auteur is the same root word as author um and it's just a director who it has complete control over the work basically <laughs> so reeling back to interstellar so christopher nolan uh what would you say Christopher Nolan's themes are typically? I, I I feel like he likes to take very basic or popular ideas and tell it in his own style. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he took superheroes and kind of retold it in like a darker, grittier, more personal character level. Uh, Memento, which was like, kind of a crime thriller mystery but mm-hmm. it was told backwards like each of them each of his films kind of have like a even uh tenet is kind of like a time version of like a 007 movie yeah and i think just a lot of his movies are just like these old probably movies that he grew up like a lot of popular movies he grew up watching i would assume that he kind of just really enjoyed and just wanted to retell in his own uh specific way I yeah would say. and usually like innovates one of the things that i always think he's really great at is like taking really complex ideas like time travel mm-hmm. and making them kind of a simple visually interesting motif <laughs> yeah. like like in inception mm-hmm. where he takes this like dream world and makes it pretty understandable i think yeah. yeah, I would say also in this film, it was interesting, though, that he kind of doesn't do that because for the most part of the film, and I want to say the most part because I think like the last 30 minutes kind of drastically goes against this, but it's very, here is like how the world really works if we were in this situation. Kind of also maybe retelling Star Wars or Star Trek but in a more realistic way. That's kind of how he kind of retold the story, I would say. Yeah, so in my research, I I came across uh, the fact that this screenplay for this film is actually based off of the theoretical physicist, Dr. Kip Thorne's work. And he is actually a producer on this film. Uh Uh, And he stipulated that the movie had to strictly follow physical law. Mm -hmm. And... um, and there would be no wild speculations. Uh, so everything in this movie is, at the time, the best scientific understanding. And there are like actually really great, interesting moments. Like, for instance, the visual for the wormhole mm-hmm. is actually like, it came, we recently, like, like this movie came out in 2014. Uh, and 
2019, I think, they released images, the first infrared images of a actual wormhole. And it looks exactly the same as the, well, not exactly the same because it's at a different angle, but it, it if you 3D modeled the image that we got of the real wormhole, it would look exactly the same as Nolan's wormhole. Yeah, make it look just like Nolan's wormhole. Exactly. And I think it's another thing, a theme I really like in, in movies and in, in stories, I guess, is just, I think as a society, we know so little mm-hmm. and we kind of feel like we know so much. But I think I like movies like this that's just like, if you think about it deeply, we know so little about like everything. Yeah. That it's crazy that I do like these kind of movies just like make you think about like, wow, I don't know anything really. Mm-hmm. So so you want movies to make you feel small. And like... I just, I like movies that make you, that expand the world around you. I yeah. Get it. yeah. I've seen this film so many times. Um, I initially saw it in IMAX in Hollywood on the, the, the Universal City Walk uh, theater there. And I remember uh, distinctly that it was a long movie and I kind of had a bad seat and that I was kind of scrunching backwards to kind of see the entire uh theater and the the big screen Mm -hmm. and i really had to go to the bathroom and i could not go yeah i didn't want to miss anything in the movie so i just sat there the entire time and then after the movie ended i ran to the bathroom to alleviate it is a long movie (laughs) it is like two hours and 45 minutes long yeah which is um about 45 minutes longer than your average movie (laughs) I feel like I'm ta- I'm taking over too. No, this this is this episode's about you. Do you have any other knowledge you want to drop? Or I have so many like little random facts, but they're mostly about the like <laughs> the uh, the stuff between Doctor Kip Thorne and Christopher Nolan, and they apparently argued back and forth a while because Christopher Nolan's like, I just want to make a good movie, and Doctor Kip Thorne is like, No, it has to be rigidly scientifically accurate. <laughs> uh, and eventually, they they went with Doctor Kip Thorne's way and i think it does make it a more interesting movie upon researching it at least because apparently the only thing that's like kind of scientifically questionable is the uh the clouds on the ice planet because dr kip thorne says that the material science probably doesn't add up that there would be clouds of ice mm-hmm. it, the, the structure would be too heavy also i would imagine the the library black hole uh yeah probably doesn't... Uh, he didn't you didn't mention that aspect but i feel like that probably is a little out there yeah. the tesseract in the tesseract did you understand what was happening i felt like Murph. yeah Murph. <laughs> i do feel like 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 christopher nolan is able to uh, visualize concepts that are really difficult to understand like a tesseract which is essentially a fourth dimensional object an object that three third dimensional people could use to interact basically across time. I, I think this is probably Nolan's second or third best film. I will tell you why it is one of my favorite films. Yes, please do. <laughs> now, since it came out, I've watched it many times. The reasons why I really like it, it has some great characters. I think it has, I will say, one of the best robotic characters in movies. Mm-hmm. 
I think that the Tars, I forgot the names, but Tars and something. Case. Case. I think we're just such interesting characters, more interesting than the human characters in the film. And they were like, yeah, they were enjoyable. They do have like character arcs, which is fun. Yeah, they. it was like a very interesting, and they're little, just, they're literal mm-hmm. rectangles <laughs> that just move. They're not like humanoid in any way, but they have such human, like more human emotion and like a better story arc than several other characters in the film i even love that they have different voice actors i i will say also <laughs> like matthew mcconaughey's character playing with the like truth levels yeah there's so many like little like cool like fun little things there mm-hmm. i did like how in this film there are just like moments where he like they fail they fail on the first planet and he has to you see him have to live with the decision they had to make and he sees that he missed so many years of his kids lives that now that they're adults and his his father passed away or rather his like stepfather Mm -hmm. but like you know like these moments and it just like that scene is just so impactful even like his acting or matthew mcconaughey's acting and he's like bawling out his eyes and like you know Matthew McConaughey is actually like a good actor. He's, he's played a lot of like really dumb roles, but he's actually a very good this actor. This is a good, I think he does a great job in this movie. Mm-hmm. Also, one is throwing out the actors. This is one of um, Timothy Chalamet's first, first roles. Which is wild. He has like nothing to do in this film, though. He's in it like the first 10 minutes. I think he has like three lines, mm-hmm. doesn't say much, and then he's replaced with the lesser Affleck. Yeah. That's one of my gripes with the film, is I feel like Tom's character doesn't really have much to do at all like it, i almost feel like you could cut his character from the film yeah. and it would be fine he, he's like <laughs> he's the b-plot antagonist that is not really necessary i know the much better antagonist is michael kane's character yeah i agree yeah i think like i think it was like that twist of like michael kane not actually having an answer was such a more interesting antagonist than than anything else but um I don't know. I just like the film. But the main thing also, the one of the biggest things that I, I still am drawn to, and even when I don't watch this film, I listen to it in ver- terms of the soundtrack. I think it has such a great soundtrack. I'm sure you'll hit me with the... Is it Hans Zimmer who does it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, man. Especially the scene. My favorite scene in this film is when Mr. Man, Dr. Man, who's played by Matt Damon, he like leaves and tries to reconnect to the ship and then he blows up and then matthew mcconaughey has to like spin with the rotation of the of the space station as with the explosion Mm. and the music is just like overbearing and actually i will say that my dad hated this film he walked out of the movie theater and asked for his money back really because he was like it was mixed too loud this, he hated how like the aspect ratio changed throughout the film from like full IMAX to like non IMAX. Um, that must be one of the earliest films to do that. Yeah, and he was like, "I hate this film." He walked out, but he <laughs> he also loved the soundtrack afterwards and like listened to it not in the movie theater. But that scene, just like how it's just overbearing, like you just are in the void, but you just hear this Hans Zimmer's like mm-hmm. synthetic kind of. It really matches well with this film. Yeah, it's, it doesn't always match well. Like I don't, 
I didn't like Han Zimmer necessarily on Dunkirk because I didn't feel like it meshed that well. Although I do like moments of it, like he uses like the shepherd's tonic like it is in Dunkirk, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. But in this movie, what was really cool is the beats per minute is at exactly 60 beats per minute. And so it's literally a time clock the entire movie all the way through. Interesting. I, I didn't know and that. So the whole thing is like this stopwatch to the end. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. No. Yeah. And I think the music in the movie is just so great. And the movie itself is just so beautiful. And I think it's a little bit on the nose sometimes, like literally the, th- the theme of it, especially Dr. Man, literally named Dr. Man. It's like a man versus man kind of movie almost because mm-hmm. the biggest threat to mankind is man kind of mm-hmm. thing, right? You know, like, because Dr. Man jeopardizes the mission by trying to save himself, right? It's like really on the nose. I thought you were going to talk about when Brand the Anne Hathaway character talks about how love <laughs> like transcends time and everything. You know, I'm... <laughs> Which I was, was a clumsily written line. I feel like, honestly, I don't know, that because I'm also slightly romantic, mm. I did like it. It's like, oh, I feel like that's something I would have wrote in a story. But at the same time, I'm like, hmm, this is a movie that's so based on like, yeah, real life physics and everything that is just like, I don't know if I really like understand that knowledge. It was just a weird one offline issue. I think it would have been maybe better had they written it as like Brand has this like romantic hope for for love being kind of. Well, transcending the whole story is love is is the most powerful thing. Yeah, right? like literally, yeah. Because the daughter's love for her father and like hope for her and like love and like even the husband kind of helps her husband, the, the Matthew McConaughey's daughter's husband. That love also helps her. Grace. There we go, yeah. She kind of sparks that like knowledge from him as well and different things like mm-hmm. love is kind of the message that humankind only needs love to be able to make huge leaps in everything like that's the only thing we kind of need we just need to love each other is kind of the overall i feel like message of this movie but yeah i mean i think it that is exactly what the message is i mean matthew mcconaughey leaves because of love right he leaves yeah. to protect his family that he loves he brand is on this mission because Michael Caine's character brandis his daughter and he basically like scientifically built her in a lab not literally but like like he basically created her as she is today so that she would be on this mission to be basically the new eve of yeah. the future yeah right also that's another interesting religious thing i feel like in this one because yeah. technically they're that's just western filmmaking they're right? just like adam and eve in the end of the movie that is so like yeah that's one part I found. I, I don't love that ending, that like second ending. Like Matthew McConaughey goes back, meets his daughter, and then he's and like, And then they just start humanity All again. All right, I'm going to peace out. I'm going to go start humanity on another planet. When they already kind of. They already are an interstellar species. <laughs> and not, of the, not only that, but I just want to say really quickly, but I think this film specifically was so important to me because it made me change my life in a way when it came out i was still in college 
and I was actually studying to become a computer scientist. This movie came out and I barely passed one of my math classes. Literally, my teacher was like, you need to have a 70% on the final or you will not pass this class. I got, I got a 69 on the test, 69%. And he was like, I feel so bad for you that you got one point off that I'm going to give you an extra point to pass this class. And after that, I was like, man, I need to do something else. And there was a time that I was like, not sure. And I watched this film and I was like, this is so cool. Um, this is like something meaningful and interesting. And I've always kind of, I did film as like a side thing. It wasn't like a, like I never thought of it as like a career, mm-hmm. but it was like after this point, which I was like, oh, I'm gonna do more film stuff. And it kind of is what led me to take a film career. This is the film that made you want to be a filmmaker. Yeah, and I, I think it. it was my gateway gateway drug into like other directors, <laughs> other filmmakers. So I love it, Christopher you know, Nolan, the gateway, the gateway drug, drug of, of filmmakers. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's that's my story for this film, and that's why I I really like it. On to the flavors. Cool. What do you think the flavors of this film are? So I will say that this film, in my mind, a little surprise, going through it really quickly, uh, anger is umami or savory. Uh, fear is bitter. Disgust is sour. Sad is salty. Happy is sweet. Surprise is spicy. So I think this film, in my mind, is surprise. Uh, it has happy moments, maybe a little sad. I don't think there's much like fear, You're, even though it's like a fear of like the world's ending. I think it's like thrill. Fear. It's yeah, it's not, not like your film where you can really feel like this fear and the people and the society and everything. And, and there's not really where... much disgust in this film either. I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's too clean for that. <laughs> Yeah, or even maybe even anger. I don't know if I would even say there's anger in this film. No, I, I think there's, I think it is, I agree with the sweet and salty and the spicy. I want to add one more flavor, okay. which is a, is a new flavor. Oh yeah, we hinted at this last episode. Yes. We need, I, I think this movie has a, um, such an, a sense of like epicness and in awe-ness and wonderment. And so I think like that's the flavor we're missing is like the the emotion where you're just like overwhelmed by how epic something is. Okay. <laughs> the overwhelming and flavor. The the yes, the overwhelming flavor. But like, well, just epicness. Okay. Uh, the flavor of epicness. Flavor of epicness. And uh, I think for that, it's kind of a like a not real flavor, but it's kind of a a feeling that you get from the story, and that kind of is similar to the kukumi flavor which is a new japanese oh. kind of flavor it's not technically a flavor it's not technically a flavor but it adds to the flavors it's also so confusing it is confusing have you read their articles on yes and so so it is described as a taste concept which describes a certain type of mouthfeel uh, the body detects through calcium channels on your tongue which are also a fairly recent scientific discovery 
Kokumi might be considered the sixth flavor, except your tongue doesn't perceive its taste, but the sensation makes tasting better. Yeah, I think one of the articles I remember in research that I did for this, a good example, I think, was a soup, because imagine you have all the flavors. At least this is, I think, what I'm, I think we're talking about the same thing, mm-hmm. which is like a soup, right? You add your meat, you add your vegetables, your everything, and uh, initially you taste the water and it doesn't have much taste, but over time, the richness, the epicness of this flavor uh, progresses as you cook and you extract all these flavors and it gradually gets stronger and stronger. The soup gets better. I think it's kind of that taste that... Like a really epic adventure. Yeah. It's... I guess the soup is like an analogy, not like an act, how it actually tastes. I guess that's what I'm trying to explain. That yeah. Don't get it confused that this is what soup <laughs> tastes like. This is the taste of soup. But that's an example of like a flavor, like a multi-leveled flavor. Right. I remember actually, I think um, the company MSG, Aji no Moto. Monosodium glutamate. They, I think, studied this flavor. And they, even mm. in their own studies, they say... This is not an extra flavor, another extra taste of the tongue. It's just something we noticed. It just it adds to the flavor by making it feel bigger and more extreme, basically. Yeah, and it's so not like, a taste; it's a sensation. Exactly. Okay, then pitch me a dish, then I guess, Mister so, Mister so, Introducing. So I uh, thought about MREs, which are meals oh. ready to eat. <laughs> Huh. I don't like this idea so far. <laughs> okay, tell me. Um, that's mainly because that's like astronaut food. I was I almost actually my initial thought was like the freeze dried like ice cream. Yeah, you yeah. get at like a science center or something mm-hmm. like that you know, or like tang, like <laughs> powdered something. Tang. But but none of those like I think do justice of this film. Like sweet, spicy, salty, but like epic. I don't know. I also kind of thought of like a sweet, spicy, salty, like a buttermilk biscuit chicken sandwich or some of that. I like it. The reason also why I never initially pitched that flavor into mm-hmm. it was it's kind of hard to like distinct, like pick yeah. out like a, a food that has that. Has that. Yeah, it's true. It's kind of it, it just kind like of, it seems like it's like um, a, a a a byproduct of saltiness. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, because like saltiness or it even says like mouthfulness. Yeah, is one of the descriptors of it. So it's kind of hard That's to the like. One thing that they're always adding on those cooking shows to need salt. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> or a little lemon. Anyways, what about like a pretzel? Ooh, dangerous. Yeah. Do you know how pretzels are made? No. To make pretzels is actually extremely dangerous. So pretty much to make a pretzel, you have to dip it in lye, which... Lye. Oh, you could get rid of a body with lye. Yeah. If you're ever making it at home, it's super dangerous. You have to, like, wear gloves. Because if you get it on your skin, like... It's incredibly basic, so it'll burn yeah, through your skin. It will just, like... Have you ever seen... Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. when they like put it, they put like stuff in the tub and then the, the tub gets like eaten through with the chemicals and it just like falls all over the floor. Hydrochloric acid. 
Yeah, it's kind of like that on your mm. skin. And you're eating it. Oh my gosh, isn't that crazy? Anyways. Well, the lie, I'm assuming the lie like cooks off. Basically. I mean, you. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's like 3% or something of that where that you, solution-wise, that you put it Interesting. in. Interesting. So it's very minimal. And also you boil it and you cook it and everything. So it, it, so it does get like neutralized. You're not... That's why your your stomach doesn't just get destroyed immediately when you eat a pretzel. But uh, well, your stomach acid is actually ridiculous. Lactic acid is can eat through tons of shit. Interesting. Okay. Well, yeah. Anyways, in terms of the pretzels, <laughs> I kind of do like this. I also really I'm a fan of bread and I like pretzels, so I think I, I'm I digging like pretzels this. Too. I'm so, digging this. Uh, so pretzel, like a sweet pretzel. With like maybe some cinnamon sugar and some salt. Mm-hmm. I need some spicy. Well, Cayenne pepper. <laughs> mm, I was also thinking it could just be like a um, pretzel. It's like a salted pretzel. But it could be like a honey mustard dipping sauce or something like that. Because mm. usually you, you dip oh, pretzels yeah. in mustard or cheese that or something. Cool. So it could be, I mean, honey mustard, I think you... You know, wouldn't really necessarily dip it in honey mustard, but you know, to each their own. And I could bring that sweetness to it. I think uh, I am also a fan of like uh, maybe a assortment of pretzels of uh, three different pretzels for the three different planets: like mm-hmm. a sweet one, a plain one, and like a that salty one. I also have a pitch that maybe it's in the shape of a Mobius strip. M- Morbius. Mobius, not Morbius. Mobius. Okay. It's a, a theoretical object that has one side. Oh, so a one-sided pretzel. Mmm, mm-hmm. tasty. But it's a cool shape. <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. Uh, and you, you, you can like if you made it like a flat pretzel, and then you just twisted it once, mm-hmm. and then it, it has the same side, and that's kind of like, it's physicsy. Yeah. For one. But it's kind of like how the script is written, where the beginning goes back to the beginning, or mm. the end goes back to the beginning, yeah. and then it's kind of this circular, one-story arc. Yeah, I, I like it. I think I like it so far. I, I'm a big fan of bread. Actually, you didn't know this, but I have, uh, I'm making bread in my oven right now. Not making it, but it's, uh, I have like sour, sourdough, um, the sourdough starter is, is uh, fermenting pockets of fermenting delicious air uh anyway so i do like bread and i think pretzels sound really fun i love it too and so i, I love pretzels. pretzels and it's also like i think perfect because you this movie is they're all linked sorry oh, okay i like that too <laughs> like because this movie like i was saying is like feels basic but also mm-hmm. it's great right and just like how a pretzel is like you're not gonna be going to a like a fine dining restaurant and ordering a pretzel but like who doesn't like a pretzel and it's like usually like uh you know a nice entryway into other things or like a snack or like a um something that you can go back to over and over again as like a guilty pleasure would be like kind of like how you would eat a pretzel it has its own uniqueness to especially how a pretzel is made is very unique and interesting Mm -hmm. it's kind of like you know, it's similar to everyday bread, but it's heightened. Yeah. You know. And made more dangerous. Please do not try to make pretzels at home unless you're... Just, just go to Auntie Anne's. 
I mean, what do you mean let me go to Antigua and honestly? Some Being other nice. pretzel place. Yeah, pretzels are great. I do, I do like pretzels. So we're going to have a salty pretzel, just like your basic pretzel, mm-hmm. shaped like a Mobius strip. Yeah. Your sweet pretzel. Yeah, which is cinnamon, cinnamon sugar. sugar. Mm. Uh, and I like the idea of it being linked great. so that you have to like break it apart. I do like this. More eat. bread to eat. Perfect mm-hmm. for me. And then your third one is going to be spicy. And it's going to have... Maybe like jalapenos on it or something. Okay. I don't know. I'm Jalapeno, just... pepper, something. Something like that. Yeah. I, I, you're, you were going to say... it's like a pizza pretzel. Like like spicy with like pepper on it. What is that like... Um, that spice like that they put on uh, spicy peas from like Japan? Wasabi? Yeah. What if it's like a wasabi pretzel? That sounds disgusting. Does it? Okay. <laughs> I think jalapeno sounds good. Jalapeno jalapeno pretzels. Okay, I'm into it. But I'm also imagining just like baked into the bread or something is just like chunks of jalapeno. I like that it's three different pretzels linked together. And Mm -hmm. then maybe there's like three separate sauces. Yeah. Maybe like like a a cheese or mustard sauce, like a cream Mm -hmm. cheese, uh, sweet frosting sauce for the sweet one. Mm -hmm. And maybe like a cheese for the jalapeno one, actually. I think I like it. Cheese would be good. There's also this like um, jalapeno sweet sauce thing. I don't know if I want to do jalapeno on jalapeno, though. It tastes so good. Uh, Okay. I mean, I... Sure. Okay, okay. And And another cheese. Like maybe it's like a white cheese sauce for the original one. I think mustard for the original sounds good. Like traditional. Oh, mustard. Traditional like okay. mustard or honey mustard or some kind of mustard for the traditional I like salty that. pretzel. And then a, like a cream a cheese. cheese. Um, cream cheese, like kind of how you would like have a cream cheese frosting. Okay. For like a cake or something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, something like along those lines for like the sweet uh, cinnamon sugar pretzel. Sure. And then for the jalapeno one, you have like a traditional cheddar or maybe even like a, like a, um, the mascarpone. <laughs> wow. Okay. Throwing out. I don't know. Throwing out, no, I was thinking. I just like, know that's a cheese. <laughs> I, I, was, I was thinking about the pepper jack cheese. There we go. Oh, pepper jack. Pepper jack because it has also jalapeno in it. So if you want to keep it spicy a little bit, like a cheddar jalapeno. I like it. You know, cheddar monterey jack uh, pepper jack all those jacks uh of cheese you know like a three cheese cheese mm. a tesser jack cheese tesser jack cheese so there we have it we have interstellar the pretzel the, 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 the pretzel racked pretzel racked interstellars nolan's hole whatever you want to call it <laughs> um that's a that's a wrap on this dish it's a wrap on this movie. That's it for this episode, and we'll catch you on the next Filmmakers Club. Bye. Bye bye.